trying to finish the the kudras tonight. So last year for the before the summer, so on, on page on page chaf aleph tesvav, kolsuv metzadikim on the right hand side, ice tesvav on page chaf aleph, kolsuv metzadikim she'ain shum klal bechinuch. You know when you when you go into into schools these days, and in the more old-fashioned Heimish type of a place is of a place certainly much less than the more modern places in the more state-of-the-art type of places. So in, the, in, the, in, the, in these state-of-the-art places, there's a lot, a lot of curriculum things and rules and regulations and all types of, all types of klolem, of, of, of rules. Rules meaning that there are standards that are set for the entire student body based upon based upon research and all kinds of experts and education, people with degrees and so on. In in Chinuch, in Chinuch, even though there's not there's unquestionably a need for Seder, we don't want things to be Hashashon Hefka. Nevertheless, in general, in Yiddishkeit, there's no klal when it comes to Chinuch. There's no klal in Chinuch. It means that there is no specific exact scientific there's no scientific way to be mechanic children chinuch is not a science it's not a science there are people that would like to make it into a science but it's not a science the same way you know that there are certain there are certain people that they go for courses on teaching and 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 uh, and they've been through all the courses and they might officially have passed, but it's a it's a terrible, terrible tragedy for them to be in the classroom. Some of these people they should they should be doing some other kind of work, because even though they might have gotten all the rules down pat, and they uh, remember my my kids, uh, one of my kids was taking in high school, they had to take a speech class, and, um, and the teacher was telling all the rules of of public speaking, about how you have to look at the window a certain way and. Like my daughter showing me the notes, and um, like I'm not a public speaker. I just learn with Jews. I'm not a speaker, but but I look I look at I look I was looking at all these notes. And I was thinking, Rabbi Shalom, how's anybody supposed to speak like that? I'm doing this for already for almost 30 years. You know, even when I was from the time I was like my mitzvah, I was talking in shuls and different things, and I'm looking at this. I'm saying. You know, you have to do this. 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 All the rules for speaking, and when it comes to teaching. Certainly, there are there are tips and guidelines that can help people, but when you have when you have a klal, that there's a klal. The Kuss used to say that there's a klal. The klal is that in Yiddishkeit, a klal means a rule. That in Yiddishkeit, there's no such thing as a klal, and that's also not a klal. <laughs> it's also not a klal. So he says, "Kuss me tzedikim she'en shum klal v'chinach." Tzedikim said that there's no one way. What works for one kid doesn't work for another kid. What well, works with one class, the same teacher in the same school, the next year he comes in September, it's like a different heaven. It's like they're from a different planet, a different Gilgal, a different life, a different world. They're the same Jewish kids, same age, different heaven. And if the teacher is going to be rigid, this is what he did in his course, or in his, this is how he got his degree, or she got her degree, and it's going to be that way, it has to be this way. So there are a lot of sacrifices that are made. There are a lot of karbanas that are, a lot of children that are lost because of of people who who are educating according to a klal. Same thing in a house. That just because our parents raised us a certain way doesn't mean that each of our kids can be raised the same way. They're different children. It's different, different times, different children. There's no klal.
He says this could be compared to somebody who walks on a tightrope. You know, in the circus, fellows walking across the tightrope. When we were kids, it was really exciting because then there was almost nothing underneath. Now already they made it like that. Now already it's not such a big deal. They fall, but it used to be very exciting, right? So if you ask him, Eicholchim, you know, you'd like to do that. You want to, this looks like a lot of fun. And you want to press your friends. And you ask the tightrope walker, can you tell me how to do that? You want to give me the, describe to me how I should walk to get to the other side. The hey, should shame was a claw. How could there be a claw? How could there be a, 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 a rule? Miskoy from Pamlikan and Pamlikan. Sometimes you have to bend a little this way. And you have to bend a little bit that way. And you got to make your way across. And it's the same thing in life. That's what Rabbi Nachman said. Everybody knows, of course, it's a famous song, but it's Rabbi Nachman's Torah, Kol Ha'adam Kulo Geshev Samo. The whole, all of life is a narrow bridge, right? And and one has to cross that narrow bridge. And there's no klal because what does it mean that sometimes you have to lean this way, sometimes you have to lean that way? Every step along the way, it feels different, and 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 the child or the adult can't necessarily say, "Kafakach." Could you imagine if you're if you're in tightrope walking school? You're taking a course in tightrope walking, and they tell you that when you get after six feet, you have to lean to the right. <laughs> six feet and three inches to lean to the left. Now, the guy's not going to last. He's going to be, he's going to f- fall in a minute because it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. <clears throat> like you know, there's a fame. You ever hear of the famous ball player in the Yankees, Yogi Berra? Ever heard of Yogi Berra? He's a famous. He always said a lot of funny things. Cause he was a very, very. He's still alive. He's a very down to earth. He's an old person. He's a very, very down to earth person, and he says things that are very real. And and. Uh, he, 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 I don't even know if he could read. He's a very simple person. But he was once going through what's called, in baseball, it's called a batting slump. You know what a batting slump is? So a batting slump is, sometimes you have a very good ball player. This guy, it's not going, like he's having a rough spring or a rough summer, you know. Even though he's a good ball player, it's not going. So what happened was, is that he that they assigned to Yogi Berra uh, a, a very, very great hitting expert to work with Yogi and to go through the motions and to explain everything and to work it through, right? To, to go, oh, wow. Well, I was just thinking, you know, you become the Hasner, you have to come. This thing good? Okay, good. Oh, Hashem. So they were so they were teaching. He had, so had all these experts come in and talk to Yogi Berra about how to about how to time his swing and how to do this and do that and to stand in his arm. So it got worse. It was terrible. But it was bad before. He couldn't touch a ball after that, that started. So they asked him on the radio, Yogi, like what's going on? So he said, I can't I can't bat and think at the same time. <laughs> you know, I just this is what I've been doing since I'm a kid. I get up, I do it. I can't I can't bat and think at the same time. And you know, really in life, it sounds it sounds crazy because I mean you can't. When it comes to chinuch, they shouldn't be thinking. They shouldn't be thought. It's like if somebody goes to te- if you're going to teach, let's say you're an English teacher and you're teaching poetry according to all the rules and regulations of rhyme and pentameter and rhyme and so on. You teach guaranteed if you do that for one semester, you're not going to have an island come back the next semester. And and you could sit there and just explain the rules of poetry, but if you don't, if you're not able to share a poem with, with the kids and to get into the poem and to and to and to read it with some warmth and passion, so then the kids. Uh, poetry, poetry. Even though there are certain regulations and laws that that <clears throat> guide the poet's hands, it's true. In poetry, in poetry, there's certain mahalach, but 
if if the person's entire poetry is a poetry that's with a mahalach, it's not poetry. It can't be a poetry anymore. It can't be a great poet. It's like when you read the poems that little kids write, or sometimes in these Jewish magazines you read some of these poems that you know that adults write that they're for children, and and you see that it was written according to a certain klal. And and it doesn't have any chiyas. There's no life to it. Same thing when it comes to raising children, when it comes to teaching, when it comes to the most important things in life. 100% there has to be a misgare, there has to be a framework, but you can't have rules. You have to you have to live with the moment and see what the moment is asking for, what the moment demands, and what that particular child needs. What's good for one child is not good for another child. So he says, the Heshu Shaim was a cloud on page Chafalif. He says, how, how do I cross the tightrope? Sometimes you bend this way, sometimes you go this way. I don't know. Okay, I tell you, that's how you go. Anybody who's involved in Chinuch knows. We're going to go very quickly. That sometimes if you follow rigid rules, we're not talking about halacha, obviously, we're not talking about Shabbos. But if you follow, if you follow these rules of chinuch, that it has to be this way, my class has to be like this, I have to do that, and this is what I have to cover this year, and this, da, 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 and we're like, no, it's in the modern schools, and how it works. And the whole concept of curriculum and so on, that we never had in yeshivas, that has to be exactly like this, exactly like that. So that Sadiqim thought that sometimes you could destroy more than you could fix. Sometimes you could end up destroying more. Shein is hashalva, Why? Because it takes away the shalva. The shalva means that peacefulness, a certain calm, a certain quiet, that a person feels that there's a human being that's working with him, that's, that loves you, that's working together with you, that's, that's growing, that's teaching with you, not that you're part of some sort of an experiment, or that, you're, or that, you're, that your life is dictated by some, by some you know, board of Jewish, uh, Jewish education, or some board of education of New York, some... Some, you know, you'll excuse me, like some, you know, some stuffy bald headed guy that's sitting in some office and never taught in a classroom. If he did, it was 70 years ago, and and you know, and all the students hated him back then. So why would why would it work now? And 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 that's where you're gonna. That's how you're going to. That's how you're going to teach because they put out for you this. They put. I had a friend of mine who was teaching in the yeshiva, and he was supposed to be teaching Jewish history. He was teaching in the afternoon. So some of the some one day the principal came in to observe with somebody from the, some board of something or other came to observe. It happened that they were talking about the period of the Holocaust, and there was a kid whose grandfather, whose grandfather went through the Holocaust, and he was very very emotional about it, and he was asking some questions about Hashem for the Holocaust. So my friend is a big Talmud and he felt based upon the situation that he needed to address the child's concerns because the child asked the question in front of the entire class about how could Hashem let this happen, whatever, you know, about the Holocaust. Now, the board of so-and-so, that person board, that board guy was there with the, with the administrator and principal or vice or assistant, right? There are a lot of assistant principals, a lot, a lot. <laughs> in all the schools now, there's a lot of assistants. So... So he came in and he was and he was talking about Amuna and trust and you know what it means to believe in Hashem. He was trying to help this child out. He was so unbelievably berated, he got a letter from the principal that you embarrassed out of school. You're supposed to be teaching Jewish history. This was not history. What do you think you're some Hashkafa teacher? This was history. You were supposed to be dealing with it and you're, and you're behind two days, you know, in the curriculum. You're supposed to and I told the the guy from the board that you're up to here and you're not up to there. So then, I, now I understand, like, why is it that, that you know, two-thirds of the kids that come from that place end up being Mechal Shabbos? 
So then, then you're wondering, like, what's going on? On the other hand, I'm not saying it should be hefkin. They should sit around talking about hashkafa day and night. You know, and kids know how to take advantage. <laughs> kids know how to, because then they study asking the question. You know, they, they know how to do that. Anything to get off the topic, right? But a teacher has to work with the children within the shamas. It's not like a klal uh, that you have to follow, that by April 15th you have to be here. And, and then what they end up doing in so many of the schools, that there's so many of the teachers that they're not keeping this or keeping that, and a week before finals, they give the kids like 4,000 pages. I never even taught it. I had some one of my kids that got like 40 pages, Prokim and Tanakh, the teacher taught one parak the whole year. And she has to report in at the end of the year that she did, that she did all those Prokim. It's not, you know, she, she gave the kids to memorize. It was, you know, I just, I didn't want to get her in trouble. It was, a, you know, we didn't call her. It was a terrible avla to the children. Because she had to show in June that she finished all those prakim. She, did, she didn't even finish one parak. She's absent half the time. When she's there, she's schmoozing about her kids. She's doing all different kinds of things. She's not really teaching. And then all of a sudden, two weeks before, she announces the final. A parak, like, you know, Aleph to, to, to Lama Dalit or something. And, the, and with the Radak and these little girls, they were, whoa. And my wife was up day and night with, the, with, with her, trying to do the, trying to do the Navi. And, we, and my wife's a Navi teacher. You know, you can't pull the wool over her. She knows, she knows her stuff and she knows how you should be teaching. And she's a good teacher. And, and, and it's a terrible avlo. This whole thing that it creates a certain kind of a lot. You need to have a misgaret, a framework. But it has to be a levitative framework. With a lot of teaching, but also with talking. So, sometimes you could ruin more. She'en is a shalva, v'chol hazman, choshev, emosel, if yaklolem. She'kosu b'sefer ploni, b'sefer ploni. You go to these schools. <clears throat> I, I, when I went to teach, that's already 25 years ago, when I first went to teach, and they, they uh, so... It was pretty. It was pretty. Uh, what we call Hamish, and then, but then, then they took a, 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 a principal, like another an English principal, who was supposed to oversee the Jewish studies also, because it was like a little bit relaxed. So she gave me like different things, like books, curriculum things to fill out, you know, like what I'm doing each day. And 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 I always joke with her because that's 25 years ago. I never brought Hashem wrote one curriculum in 25 years. Not one. She'd always say, "My was gone." I said, "Soon, I'm going to give you soon, soon. I'm getting it ready. I'm getting it ready." And the principal said, "What's the difference? The kids are enjoying it and they're learning." And 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 he was very much like that. And I and I I just I know I'm not saying that one shouldn't do that. I'm not. And I should, and I that was wrong of me. I should have tried. But but I I can't do that. I I couldn't do that the same way that I can't fit in Bechlal like into any like that kind of a box or curriculum and where am I up to by March 1st and I don't know I'm up to I'm trying to go from Nefesh Ruach Nesham Mechai so by March 1st I don't know if I'm up to Ruach yet so where am I going to go so I can't I'm not up to I'm not up to Chai Yechida I'm only up to Nefesh or Ruach and you can't go like that with children you have to you have to work with the Neshamas you have to talk to them and, and, and you have to sometimes go play play some ball with them and have a good time and you can't you can't go like that like, a, like in a box like it says, he says, you can go follow the rules. Like it says in this book, it says in that book. This is not the derech. This is not the way to teach. Every child has his own way of being educated. And every rabbi, and every mora, and every teacher has her own way. And if, she, and if he or she is good, and they know how to talk to kids... Leave them alone. Leave them, let them do it. And it'll work. And, and not only that, but in the home. 
Hashem gives the parents, the father and the mother, the kaiches, the ability to, to, to deal with each kid according to what he or she needs. And what's for one kid is not for the other kid. Each kid needs something else. But there is a general guiding principle that the house has to be filled with warmth. Chamimus, as we learned. It has to be chamimus. In shalva and peace and simcha and joy. It has to be lechtig. It has to be shining. Every Shabbos meal. Right? We spoke about this also. I'm going to go late tonight a little bit. I'm going to have to finish. Uh, if you have to leave, you'll leave. But every, uh, you have homes also. Shabbos, the meal. The kids dread being at the Shabbos table. Sit up straight. Do this, do that. Sing. Sing. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Baruch Elayon, Hashanazam, Menuchim. And the Dvat Torah is the Dvat Torah. It's not for the child. It's something which is just like some fancy thing. And, 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 and the kids just get lost. And they're not feeling Shabbos. And there's no happiness. They're not looking forward to the table. The kid, you know, it's... Sometimes you're in a house and the parents are so mocked that the kid can't go to, the, to sit on the couch a little bit to play with his sister or brother. You have to sit like this and you have to come like that and you have to and, and how they eat and what they eat and everything. It's like you feel in that these kids or you, it's like being in the army or something. It's such a pacha the kid has to sit there like that under such control. The, it's not. It's not how the the Bible doesn't want children to, to to grow up with that kind of you know feeling. But not, again, I'm not saying that they should be jumping from the you know chandeliers and breaking things. But it has to be simcha. Has to be. They have to enjoy themselves. They have to look back with and have good memories that that they that they weren't in boot camp. That it was they were in their home. And 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 during the week, when a child comes home, if he feels that when he comes into his house, he's coming to a place of menucha, it's a place of rest. Rest here doesn't mean sleeping; it means it's a place where there's quiet. And again, quiet doesn't mean that there aren't kids running around. It means where he feels good. Where the kid feels when he comes to this house, he feels good coming home. Malcolm shall shalva. Not the place of the parents. If there's kids feel with this tension between parents, it's very, very terrible. With this tension between parents, and he feels the kids are in the house, and he feels that the parents look at each other a certain way and are talking with a tension. And there's, there's always that both parents or one of the parents is always nervous and nervous, and the kids are always afraid if they say the wrong thing, if if, if they open the door the wrong time, or if they make a little bit too much of a noise. Everything is with pachad. If a kid to grow up in a house like that, without the shalva, without that menucha, and especially it's hard when you know that there are certain times in the house where things get a little bit out of control. Erev Shabbos, like Friday, right? Erev Shabbos, especially when Shabbos comes in early. But it's really the same. Everybody knows this. The Shabbos eight o'clock, Shabbos four o'clock. That's how it is. There's always that feeling. Erev Shabbos, Erev Yontiv that comes in Erev Sukkot, Erev Pesach. You know, uh, it could be very tense. There's a lot of lachats. Things are going on. It's busy. Erev Pesach, Erev Simcha, or if it's a day of a chasna. If it's a day of a chasna, I just stay away. I got to tell you, I'm just, I'm the, the business with the makeup and the hair and all this stuff. I just, I just go with my son and I just, we just go someplace. And I ask my wife, tell me what time to report. I'll be, you know, I'll get to Williamsburg or wherever you tell me. I'm not sticking around for this. The girls with their vignon going on there with the gowns and, oh my goodness, the whole thing is a big thing. So. The, you have to be careful. It's Arab Simcha. There's a lot of oh, there's a lot of tension, and, and it's such a big thing that Davka 
for the Chasna and Kala, I always thought when I talked to Chasna and Kala, the day of the Chasna, for Chasna it's a little bit easier because it's, it's not so with the, with the hair and the makeup, but the, but the, with the girls it's a lot of, but with the boys, especially, it's such a big thing that on the day of the Chasna should be quiet, can say some tillin. It's unbelievable tillin the day of the Chasna. And to have some Yishavadah, some Menuchen, should be quiet, as much as possible, a quiet day. Not the telephone, not friends over. Just quiet and peaceful, and to be able to, to do tshuva, and to daven, and so on, and, and to, be, to, be, to be in your, in your home a little bit for the last, the last few hours when, you, when you're still single. It, it's such a big Indian. And after the Yitzhahara, the comes, and the, the other side comes to stare uh, when it's before Simcha to, to make fights and to get in the way and to cause tension between the husband and the wife, and the and, and the, the, the the girls get very very worked up and nervous, and and um, and, and the day of the Chasna, which is such a, it's the biggest Yom Kippur of the Kal's life, it's the biggest Yom Kippur of the Chasna's life, it's the Yom Kippur of all Yom Kippurs of that person's life, and and, and they spend the whole day like arguing over. Over eyeshadow, or a or nail polish—I don't know—and Irish kite. Even though, of course, the college should look beautiful and everything should be taken care, of, but this Yitzhahara to get into fights and to lose the Yishevadas and Menucha. Shasukim uchudim uchol habayis nisha ragua who b'shalva Menucha shleimish at the rights of them. But an unbelievable thing that a child should grow up in a house where even Eric Shabbos—it's busy. Busy doesn't mean nervous. Busy doesn't mean nervous. My father always said that in the house when we were growing up. Busy doesn't mean that you have to be nervous. It means be busy. Do what you have to do. This is what you have to do now to take care of it. Don't be nervous. Just be busy. It's very hard. But the child feels so much better when he's in a house, or she's in a house where it's ragu, where it's... There's a feeling of peace in the house. It's not a feeling of, of, of tension and arguing and yelling and everybody on each other's nerves and so on and, and overreacting. Make dramatic. There's certain homes that everything's very, very dramatic in the house, very dramatic. If a kid drops something, if a kid, it's all dramatic. And the mothers and fathers, it's a whole thing. It shouldn't be dramatic. It should be just quiet and easy in the house, not so dramatic. It, of course, it's very, very hard, especially if the little one's close in age. It's so hard to hold on to that and to have Yishevadas and so on. It's very, very hard. He's going to talk about this in a few minutes, Mitch, and we'll get to it a little bit later. But when the Baruch Shalom sees that there are parents who take it easy when their kids make too much noise or drop things or break things, and the Baruch Shalom is much, much nicer to the parents when they break things, like, like halachas. You know, and when they're not so good with their things, then the Baruch Shalom has has rahmanas on the parents. Those parents that are tough on their kids, it says in the song, the Baruch Shalom says, "Ooh, you hold so much that parents have to be very have to be every single thing. There are rules, yeah. Every single thing are rules. And if the kid and the kid uh, missed this by five minutes, or did that ten minutes, or went to sleep, you have you have a house where the kid has bedtime seven o'clock. I understand the mother's losing her mind the whole day from the children. Seven o'clock, but seven o'clock. If it's not seven o'clock, you never saw such a hakkoda, not by minchamar or anything. There should be such a seven o'clock. With the candle lighting, she's she's not so mocked, but it could be seven oh six. She gets eighteen minutes. The kids don't get eighteen minutes in Latin. <laughs> that's only in the Shabbos candles, right? The kids don't get the extra eighteen minutes. Achmanis, they deserve at least eighteen minutes. That's why it's my cheshbon. In our house, they usually have like eighteen hours. It's crazy. So, so it can't be like that. Akpada, seven o'clock, pinkler, 
exactly seven o'clock. It's not seven o'clock. A kid doesn't work like that. It's going to be seven, be ten after seven. According to seven. Again, it's not supposed to be half good, but it, it can't be like that. It's seven o'clock, again. and then the mother gets all upset. Well, the father, mother, usually the mother's the one that has to take care of these things. The mother gets so upset that the kid didn't. It's already seven o'clock, and you didn't brush your teeth, and there's uh, and the kid goes to bed, and the mother's upset and says, "Shma Yisrael you know, and then the kid goes to bed. And doesn't, the kid doesn't know what the kid's a yak or something. How does he know? If it's 7 o'clock, it's 7.10. So the mother says, look at the clock, look at the clock. It's a digital clock, I got you. You don't have to even know how to read time. It says 7.09. You didn't brush your teeth yet. Okay, so what is that? That's such a big affair. such a big affair. If the kid would tell the truth, it's I see you do much, much bigger affairs than that. What's the big deal? It's nine minutes. It's a big affair in nine minutes. But there are kids that grow up like that. And it's, it's, it's a, it creates a... An unhappiness. You know, it's not a terrible, terrible, but it, the atmosphere is an atmosphere the kid feels that everything is like, my father's going to get angry if I say one word, my mother's going to get upset if, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm this minute late. I'm always walking on eggshells. It's not good. It's not a good thing. On the other hand, of course, it can't be crazy. It's obvious it can't be crazy. And the children have to know there's a say that. But not on eggshells, not to be nervous in the house. There's a big Yetzirah, especially now at times. Especially those times like Erev Shabbos, Erev Pesach, Erev Yantir, Simcha and so on. There's a big Yetzirah. It's very hard to, to overcome the Yetzirah. The truth is, the tzaddik says, the truth is that if a house is a house where there's no, where there's tension and unhappiness, the kids want to run away. They don't want to be there. They, they want, they want to run away. And then you have sometimes the parents say, I can't, you know, they're, they're so angry. How come the kid I had a conversation with somebody not from the community, a conversation with somebody from Muncie today? It's hard to believe. It's just, you know, it's hard to believe. He has so many tainas against the son that the son doesn't want to come to the house. But, but the son told me such horror stories. And, and, and the father admits, I said, like, why do you think your kid wants to be in the house after the stuff that goes on? And, he, and then he yells at him, how come he doesn't come home? What kind of rush are you? Uh, and the kid, the kid is going through terrible things in the house. Terrible things. The kid doesn't want to be home. So then the father, and the father has more time, how come he doesn't want to come home? It's, it, the kid wants to go away. It's the will of Hashem, our Father in Heaven. He wants what? That a child, especially little children, should always feel good. Even if he's a, even if he's a teenager, he's an, old, an older bacher. Listen, this is such an important sentence, he says. Every child has, goes through difficulties internally and externally. Ma'at shiodim. Most of the problems that the kids have, we don't even know about. They don't tell us. Even if you're the best parents, most of the stuff the kids have, they keep inside themselves. They don't talk about. They don't know how to talk about. They're afraid that maybe their parents are going to be upset. They don't know. There's a lot, a lot that the parents don't know that the kids are walking around with pakalach. And if they would tell you, then you would be able to help them. That it's nothing. Don't worry. It's okay. They have things on their hearts, on their minds, that they don't know how to express. They're afraid of different things. They're upset. In school, a friend said something. A teacher looked like a teacher looked angry, and the kid is walking around, and they don't know what to do, and they don't know what to say. 
When the kid comes home, all he wants to be able to do is to walk into a house and feel which means that Hashem protects me in, in, the, in, the, in the shadow of His warmth. And, and the child wants that from his parents. He needs a place to hide from the world. The house, like we learned at the very beginning of this Torah, the house is like, a, is like a Noah's Ark, right? It's a place to run away. A person has to be able to run away from the entire world to be in his house. And he knows that there's one place where he can come where, where, it's, where it's always going to be, he's always going to feel warm and welcomed and wanted. And, and, and that doesn't mean that they can't discipline the child. That's not true. They can. He can be disciplined, but it has to be the seichel. Every house has to feel like the nest where, the, where, the, where the, the eagle, the mother bird, hovers over the nest and protects and protects the little ones. That the child should feel protected. When the kid comes to the house, he has to feel that I'm the most important thing. I'm the most important person here. I'm very, very important in this place. Because a lot of times when they go in school, you have kids that are sitting in the class with 30 kids, you know, whatever, 25 kids, 30 kids. So who are you and what are you and, you know, and line up and go here and do this in the class. And they come into the house to be the most choshiva, person in the house. When he comes home, he has to feel there's a place where they, they want me and they need me in this house. That's why it's so good to give children things to do and to say, for the mother to say, I need help with this, or the father to say, I need help with this. We learned about this, to get the children to feel that they're needed. They're not, they're not in the way, not just a tircha that I have to deal with you. So I'm like, you know, like this thing that you're in my way, and, and as soon as I get you to bed, I can watch my show, or I can go to my chasna, I could go to, to exercise, and you're in my way, you're in my way, get out of my way. And even though parents don't talk like that, God forbid, but the children can feel that. Had to try to get try to go get close to each child. What does that mean? Especially in a large family. It's an interesting thing because you have people that have one child or two children, and, and and they have the same problem as people that have fifteen. Sometimes the people with twelve, fifteen children are eight, have less of a problem with this than the person with one or two. It all depends, as he spoke about a thousand times. It all depends what what you expect in life. If you're, if you're a parent and you expect to have the same life that you had before you're a parent, you're going to have a lot of disappointments and you're going to be very, very angry and impatient. In, uh, there was, there's a, there's a, a young, a young ma- a mother from the, our community who told me recently that she was macabre in herself that, that, until, that until all the children are married that she's going to have very little sleep and a lot of, you know, Complications and, and difficulties. She was macabre on herself. She said, ever since she accepted this upon herself, that this is what her life is about, she's much better. Mm-hmm. Because as long as she felt that she's still a teenager, with her little, with a little run by the mall and her little run into the exercise place and her little thing, a stroll along the boardwalk and her little time out with hubby and all these nice little projects that nowadays everybody, as we spoke about, I need, I need. It's no longer a luxury. I need my space. I need my time. I need this time out. I need, I need that our mothers and grandmothers never had such a sogus that they that they needed that. If they ever got a few minutes, it was a gewaldige luxury. That I need. So this girl, she said, I was going to myself that it's going to be very hard until like I'm like, you know, like 40 or something. It'll be very, very hard. You know, the children, the boys with the kids, and this is what I have to do and to go. To. She says, and when I, when I did that, something lifted off of me. 
Because I was always angry with the children. They're keeping me away from aerobics. They're keeping me away from the boardwalk. They're keeping me away from, from the, the restaurant. They're keeping me away from visiting this friend and spending time with that friend and watching this show and going to this place. And, and I was always upset with the kids that they were in my way. You're, you're like, you're messing up my life. Yeah. I just want to add because this is so well. Yeah. It really helped me be a parent. She said, like when I was very excited on the phone, I was like, so much more. And she goes, if you said, oh, Baruch Hashem, I have children, that's what I have one. Right. And you do everything, it really helps. It, it's a tremendous help. It all has to do with a person's attitude. It has to do with a frame of mind. That's all it is. One person's brach is another person's klala. For this person, for this, we had somebody. We had somebody in the house. I told this to you recently. We had somebody in the house. Uh, one of my daughter's friends was in the house with her 18 siblings. And all my wife wanted to know was, how do you like with breakfast, laundry? Just tell me what goes. My wife just wanted to hear like, how does that work? How do you do that? Like, how do you do that? And and. And um, she was saying how the, how the mother's gavaldic and there's like a team. And, and I'm thinking, you know, you have families with it where, where there, that there are mothers that are going through terrible, terrible. You saw them suffering with this one child or two children, and they can't cope with a full time, with full time help, <laughs> with somebody in the house. My life is not the same. And, and then they, they're already saying, I can't have a kid for the 12 years. This is too much for me. This is too much for me, and so on and so forth. Which of course it's hard. It all depends on the person's attitude. It, that's sort of the person's attitude. If you if you, ex, if you expect that it should be easy, then okay. Like so, somebody so that somebody is getting married, and they said that they want. They asked me. They, somebody asked me about birth control, and they're getting married. So I say, if you're not ready to have kids, then you shouldn't get married. Why are you getting married? You're young. You're, you're, not, you're not old. So wait, do you want to have kids? Well, you, you, they want to have three years. I said, so get married in three years. Ah, oh, but Rabbi, we love each other. Ah. Oh. So then Hashem is broke help you if you love each other so much. It'll be good. You'll have, you'll have, you'll, it's going to be Givaldi. I said, we're going to go now. We're going to close our eyes and we're going to go up to Shemaim. And we're going to meet the baby that's waiting for Shemaim to come down. Right? It's waiting. That Neshama that's waiting. And we're going to introduce you to the baby. And I want you to tell that child, I'll see you in three years. You're not going to be able to do it. You just don't know the child. I promise you that once you meet her, or you meet him, it's going to be Givaldi. And you're not going to regret it. But this whole idea of that we have to get to know each other and spend time and we have to grow with each other. You know, all of these, these, these ideas that come not from the Jewish world at all. It's not from our camp of Yiddishkeit. It's from a different world. And the Hashpah, the influence that this has had on our, on our generation is, 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 is terrible. Because it makes life much less happy. It takes away your simcha sechayim. Because, because if you're expecting to be the same as you were when you were single, with some slight variations, because now you could, you know, like have pictures on your piano and show everybody how pretty your kids are. That's really all you expected out of this, you know. And some like cute little things that the kids say. And but when it comes to the, when it comes to being up at three in the morning, and when it comes to encroaching upon your territory, you're always disappointed and upset and angry and hurt and what's happened to my life and my life is out of control. So then you're unhappy. Then you have no simchasachayim. You lose your whole simchasachayim. So, so Tzimei is saying over here that you have to try to get to know each child and spend a little time. Look what he says. He says that of course, only according to what one is able to. So to try to hear the child. 
When a associate is a man kavul, a chaltam, a chayel, It doesn't have to be a lot. But to try to have a few minutes to spend with a child. A couple, two, three minutes, five minutes, a little bit to spend alone with a child. Besides talking to all of the kids together, there should be a set time for each kid, a little bit. After everything is said and done, you could go to a million seminars about parenting and raising kids. This is the greatest shmira, this is the greatest way to make sure that our kids are going to go in the right way. This is the biggest shmir. You don't have to really go to the seminars. You don't have to read special you know, books and magazines about parenting. You don't really have to. The Rabbi Shalom has given each parent, each Rebbe, each teacher his, the kayach that he or she needs. The father has his kayach. The mother has her kayach. Every Rebbe, every teacher, every parent for each, each kid, each age of the kid's life The Marshall gives you exactly what you need in order to be mashpi in that kid To give that kid what he or she needs Especially when it comes to the women So Simei gives special chizik for the women Hashem spoke to us at Hasinai. Kaisam of Beis Yaakov means the women. So we understand that if the women are called Beis Yaakov, that's long before there was a Beis Yaakov movement, right? So it means the house. Is the, the house is primarily the mood of the house, the atmosphere of the house. We spoke about this a lot. The whole tzura of the house is primarily established by the women. That Hashem prepared us to give us the Torah. How did He prepare us? He said, "Go tell Beis Yaakov, which is the women, because the women. How do you prepare the children to receive the Torah? You want a house where the boys should learn Torah. You want a house where the girls should grow up in the way of the Torah. It's so important that the women give the children that feeling of what." Of warmth and that feeling, when they when they come home from school, I really you know it says things in books, but really the the truth is that I heard stories like this from my father about about how my grandmother I mean I never met her, but how in Europe she would be standing outside the bismedrish. Really, it's not like from a book. My father told me that she would stand outside the bismedrish with with things for him during lunch that he shouldn't have to leave the bismedrish during lunch. She would bring him something to eat in the bismedrish, and that kind of that kind of Warmth, that kind of rachmanis, and that the children come home from school, that the mother, that the mother shows so much excitement and happiness with what they're learning and with what they're doing, and to draw their hearts with good words, that the kitchen have a cheshit for Torah. There were so many beautiful songs in Yiddish that our grandmothers and great grandmothers knew. I mean, obviously not to survive them. They had their own songs. But the Ashkenazim, that in Yiddish, such beautiful, beautiful lullabies and songs about Taira, and that the little boys, what they heard, and that the little girls grew up hearing about, about davening and about Hashem, such beautiful things. It didn't have to be on tape recorders. It didn't have to be with headphones or to put on a VCR or on a, a, a machine and to walk out of the room. It was the mother giving over herself and her heart and her essence, mamish. 
Shaymas Aysan, Alam Dem Aysim, Yas Khaid Bi Aldusan, how the mothers watch the children and teach them to be God fearing. That's why, in order to prepare us to receive the Torah in Har Sinai, Hashem had a few special words with the women, Beis Yaakov. Because he understood that in order that, this, that the Jews should receive the Torah, and even now, in order that that Torah should be received in any Jewish home, to a large extent it's going to be up to that behavior of the mother. Like we learned last week that 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 the person said that the that the that the that my mother when I was a little when I was very little she smeared me with, with creams and lotions and she gave me warm drinks and that is that is why in my older age I'm a God fearing Jew. From those simple things that mothers do, you know, a little lunch and you put a smile on it and say, I love you. Those little things of the ikka, the ikka, they give a child a ruts and when they go to school, they have a skip in their walk when they got something nice from mommy, a little pinch, a good word. The whole day they have a ruts and to learn, they feel good. Even if somebody says something, the teacher says something not nice or a kid says something not nice. If his, if his mother gave him a pinch and a little bit of a thing and a little bit of a... So then the whole day the kid has a shmira that he's not going to be, God forbid, destroyed by any of the things that go on. He'll be okay. But he has to get that from the mother, a little bit of a chizuk, a good word, a kind word. She watched Yitzchak so carefully. Even though Avram Ravina was, we learned already at the beginning, even though Avram Ravina was ready to tolerate Yishmael's presence, Sari Menu said, uh uh-uh, uh, he's not staying in the house with Yitzchak. My, Yitzchak is, she guarded Yitzchak. We see the same thing with Rivki Menu, with Yaakov, the mother, the mother. Even though the father was, was prepared to try to work, he wanted to work it out, but the mother, the mother made a shmira, she protected the child. And Hashem agreed with Sari Menu. Avram Ravina didn't agree. And Hashem told Avram Avinu, listen to what she's telling you. She's right. He, 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 they can't be together, Yishmael. They can't be together. How, how much of a responsibility do we have when we see, that God forbid, that one of the children has a friend that's not a good friend, and to have a seichel, how to try, it's very hard, how to try to, to protect our children from a friend that's, uh, that's not a friend, and mm-hmm. to protect from a group that's not a good group, a chasr not just the feel that I send my kid to camp, shine, potter, you go to the bus, bye-bye, or they go to school in the morning, finish, you potter, that, that you have to keep an eye and to know what's going on, to be careful and to ask and to think. At the same time, not to be a nudnik that you know that the school wants to throw your kid out because they get stuck with some crazy mother or something. You have to do things in a normal way, but it has to be with seichel. It has to be with seichel. The father is a special, a special kayach. And 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 uh, it says, "Come the next column, B'svarim Kedemar Chazal, Shavinu Shabbosham Reisha Shamalam Demiyelahem Ahavu Lechal Talmud." The Rebbe Shlom wants that the Rebbe should have a love for each kid, even though it's the certain kids that that you don't feel that from the to begin with you don't feel that you love that kid. It's hard. It's a difficult kid. It's a kid that has a different personality and is hard and talks and carries on and so on. It's nasty. But you have to go out of your way to try to give to that kid and to be good to that kid. And eventually you'll come around and you'll, you'll love the child. You put a lot of kaychas, you know, you have difficult children in your house, the ones that, that you feel like, I can't love this kid, the kid is such a hard kid. But then when you put kaychas into the kid and you give of yourself, you'll, you'll love the child, you'll love your child. The more kaychas you put into the kid. 
I told you this story. There was somebody that came to look for somebody came to look in the yeshiva to get a shidduch for his daughter, and he had his eye on a certain boy, and the, he was watching him the whole week, and he saw this boy as a gavaldig boy, and he asked the yeshiva, and the yeshiva, you know, I once I, I saw this boy for my daughter, so the yeshiva said that boy in the corner is my only son, right, my ben yochid. So he was very flustered. He said, oh, I didn't mean to say that I could marry the Hashivas, you know. That my daughter should, ma- that my, should marry the Hashivas son. So I have a second, you know, like a runner-up. Who's that? So he says, that guy, the boy in the other corner over there. Gerald, Gerald. So the Hashivas said, Blazer Gordon said, that's my only child. So he asked, how could that be? That, how could it be? You have two only children. He says, I, so that's what he says, I have 400 only children. That's a Rebbe. That's a Rebbe. Every child's my only child. 400 only children. 400 Ben Yechidim. And, and if he said that he meant it, he wasn't. Blazer Gordon, there was no messing around there. But he said that that's what it was. That's my only child. So he asked the Rashida, how many only children do you have? I have 400. Can I know? I have That's what it means. It says in Kriyashma, Vishanantan Lovenach, you should teach your sons, and Chazal tell us, Elo Talmidim. This is referring to, this is referring to, this is referring to students. And therefore, there has to be a tremendous, tremendous amount of, uh, of love. That's why I go to the bottom paragraph. We're going to skip a little bit, because we have to try to move to the end. Each rabbi, each parent tries to do what he can to give love to the child. Or to give light. And by doing this, you create a wall of fire to protect your child. Vada is a shvachador, it's a weak generation. He said, We're living in a hard time. And there are a lot of kids that they're hard kids and they're difficult and they don't listen to their parents. And, and then you have certain times in a kid's life where the kid goes to like teenagers. There's a whole, you know, there's certain years. There's some kids not, some more, some less. But then the dark cloud during the years, like between 13 and 19, 18, 19, some of the, some of the kids that's like came out impossible. You feel to talk to them and to deal with them, and they're hard and angry, and you don't know what to do. It's a shiyashim kind of adabim kal. Uh, he says, obviously, it's just sitting here. It's very easy for me to say these things. When it comes down to working, it's very hard. He says, I know it's hard. in the house of yeshiva, the yeshiva and kita and the shir. all different types of situations. But Hashem wants us to know. Every little drop. Any little thing that we could do, every little drop, or to make, this worse, I mean this, to try to work on me this, or to make the house shining. He says, And we need this chizik, even though many times you see that what? That you messed up. What happened? So I came, you yelled at the kid, you didn't do it right. He says, Afterwards, it's okay. Start again. Try again. Keep on trying. And the very fact that you keep on trying, you see this? The kids are able to tell when the parents are trying. So if you had a bad day and you yelled at the kid, so, so don't be a knacker. Go over to the kid. 
and say I'm sorry and give a kiss and say help me I'm going to try I want to I, I don't want to lose my temper I'm trying I'm trying and the kids see that that you're trying it means a lot to them and the kids kids are very forgiving much more than we are kids are very very forgiving kids will let your mom wish a thousand times they'll, they'll give you another chance but if they see that you don't care and you're not working on it you're not trying to break your meat of cost you're just an angry person if you're an angry person and the kids become either angry or they run away from the house they don't but if they see that you sometimes lose your temper but you want to be good and you're saying I'm sorry and you try again and, and, and the kid sees that you're trying and the kid, the kid could love you even though you have a couple of bad days and it happens sometimes the kid's okay the kid's not going to get messed up because you had a bad day if the kid sees that you don't want to be that way and it hurts you and you're able to cry and not to be a big shot and you're able to cry and say I don't want to be this way I, I'm trying, help me I don't want to be this way and that's nothing to be embarrassed about other the children love you even more and they see that you're humble and that you're trying because children always hear us making demands from them be this, be this, do this, do that I expect this, I expect that and report cards we never have to show them our report cards yeah? they usually do much better than we do we never have to show them any report cards so, but if the children see that, that that we're trying you know, that we care so they'll get you know, uh, an E for effort they'll give us you know you can sometimes have a bad day, but as long as the kids see that you're trying. And he says, Just seeing that their parents that are trying. It's not Hefka. They're trying. That brings peace in the house. And the fruit that, that this bears, unbelievable, beautiful fruit. With every, with every little thing that we do. And what is this? how does this help us in our lives? Let's look at the next paragraph. I'm just going to go very quickly. It'll be like ten extra minutes. Our Father in Heaven wants us to know that we should never forget that we're His, that we're His little children. Even though we feel like we're adults, we're so we're grown ups. In Hashem's eyes, we're His little children. Yaakov, when he was talking about the last generation before Mashiach comes, he said, I, he said to Esav, I have to move along. Esav said, come join me, remember? And Yaakov said, I have to move with the children slowly. I have to go slowly, at their own pace. Yaakov was talking about us, and, and, and Hashem's Baruch was asking him to give us time. And Hashem shall walk with us at our own pace. Because if he, if he demands from us what we demand from our children, God forbid, we're in big trouble. That Hashem's Baruch we ask him to go at our own pace. According to the children's ability. And we're also Hashem's children. This is the generation before Mashiach comes. We're also little children. A weak generation. Impatient. And many other weaknesses. When Hashem, when Hashem is brought, sees that we, meaning his children, Treat our children with tolerance and treat our children with patience. And that we're good and loving to our children, in a peaceful, gentle way. So will he treat us. He'll work with us at our pace. He'll go with us at our pace. If we try to be good, we try as much as possible in a holy way to, what? to be patient. 
It brings the greatest protection upon your house. Every member of the household, adults and children. Much more so than this policy or that policy. It brings the greatest shmirah of the house. Unbelievable. That's why it's called the Teva. We spoke about this at the beginning. That's why it's called Noach's Ark. Teva's Noach. Noach means peace. Menucha, quiet. Noach umalashim kal naichem is the kedusha. It means, it means, it means naichem. It means nachas. It means menucha. Zebaynes hateva. That builds up the ark. When there's Noach, when there's menucha, when there's peace, when there's quiet, that builds the teva. That builds your house. It's a shmir hanaicha gishmak hamenucha v'zeu kol panim. And that's able to bring every tiny drop, every tiny drop of simcha, of brocha, of nachas that you bring into the house, it creates a tremendous shmir. This is about Aaron Akayim. I spoke about this in a little bit by Rob Weinberg's mother passed away and at the Levi on Friday I spoke a little bit about this because it struck me when he was describing his mother to me that Aaron Akain, I'll say this outside only because it's so late Aaron Akain, as you know there's nobody that ever lived that was able to bring as many Jews back in such a sweet way to Hashem as Aaron Akain. Oyev Shalom Roydev Shalom Oyev Sabriz and the Karavan Latayra that he mamish loved everybody and he brought everybody back to Hashem and how did Aaron have such a Kayach? From where did Aaron have this ability? In other words, how does one become a Kira of expert? Yeah? You can go now, I see advertisers all the time in the Jewish newspapers, Kira of this and Kira of that, and you go take courses on Kira. Same thing, a course on Kira. What's Aaron Akain? Aaron Akain never went to any courses on Kira. It's one word, it's called Ahava. When the Korean gives a Brachis, Lavarchis, Ami Yisrael, be Ahava with love. And the way of Aaron Akain was that what? that he cared about each and every Jew, what was going on in the life of every Jew. And he smiled and he greeted each Jew in the warmest, most loving way, in the kindest way. That's how he treated every Jew. And I explained this from Rabbi Leibel the other day, that it says that when Hashem created the world, it says by all of creation, every day says, and it was so. Except when it came to the creation of light, it doesn't say, and it was so. So it was, or yes, it was. It doesn't say Vayichain. Why? Because the, the wicked were not worthy to use that hidden light of creation. So it was hidden. It doesn't say Vayichain. It was hidden for the tzaddikim. So Ablai says an unbelievable thing. When would this light be revealed? When Arna Kohen would light the menorah. Because when Arna Kohen light the menorah, it says in the Torah, Vayas Kain Aharon. Ablai says that Aaron fixed the Kain of gracious. They asked Cain Aaron. He lit the menorah. Now he revealed the hidden light. So Abel said, and how did Aaron do that? So he says, because Cain means yes. Means yes. By he Cain means yes it was. He said, most people in the world, when they see somebody that's not acting nicely, they think, no. No, that's not a good person. No, I don't like this person. No, this is not for me. In a house, no. The kid hears all the time, no, 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 no. Everything is no. And Yeshiva, no. Aaron's whole life was what? Ayaz, Cain, Aaron. Everything by Aaron was yes. The whole world said about this Jew, no, and Aaron said yes. The whole world looked at him with a, and Aaron looked at him with a smile. That's how you make Jews. Ayaz, Cain, Aaron. 
with ahava, with chaviv, with a smile, in that way. And he says that's the that's the biggest biggest side of of all of of all of of all of Yiddishkeit. That's the that's the biggest side because because then when the child sees that when the child sees that that everything is vayas kain. That, not that you say yes to everything the kid wants. That's ridiculous. The kid can't do things. You have to tell the kid what to do. But the kid sees in you that you're a Vayas Kane kind of person. If we would stop during the day and think, you know, Vayas Kane. Am I Kane or am I a low person? What am I? Am I positive or am I negative? Vayas Kane. That Aaron was able to reveal the hidden light and he lit up the life of a million Jews. You know how? Vayas Kane Aaron. Not by, not by going to a seminar in Kirov. Not by going to a seminar in Kiev. I have all the time, I, you know, the, the different people call me, some new person starting off, and they want to talk to me. Somebody said, talk to me about Kiev. So I don't know, I never, I never, I don't know the rules. The same thing as we saw was the rules in the car. I don't know. You know, you try to say good morning, good job. You don't, have to, you don't have to know things by heart. I'm not an expert in anything like this. Every, every, every person, who, every person who, who is warm and who's loving, who's caring, Everybody always always you have these people that always have tiny against Lubavitch, this Lubavitch. I'm not talking about Meshikhasan. I'm talking about Lubavitch. Ha, where's the Hatzlach? Lubavitch is Givaldi Hatzlach. All these other people, they never they can't hold a candle up to Lubavitch has done. Where did Lubavitch have all of the Hatzlach? Because the whole Indian of the Lubavitch Rebbe is Chusia again with Al-Qayyisrael. The whole Indian of the Lubavitch Rebbe was Vayas came. Everything about the Lubavitch Rebbe was yes. Whoever met him, yes. Well, you had all these other Rashivas that are saying, this is no good, this is no good, this is no good, I won't talk to him, I won't go here, I won't do this, no good, no good, no good. By Rebbe, by the Lubavitch Rebbe, he asked and he produced an army of like positive people. It's the most murdering thing, you meet these people, you know, I'm not talking about philosophy. I'm not saying, because they're problems, we understand, because the sister Rebbe died, and they're big problems. But, everybody I ever met from that Hevra, it's always very asking. Simchan, how you doing, let's go. And the Rebbe did this, and he spoke to the women, separately. he spoke to the men. You know, and I know that, that the, the, the Vayas, low people, or the negative people that are going to hear this, I'm going to be in trouble, because I'm not allowed to say nice things about the Vayash, right? <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. I'm, I'm, I'm proud that there are such Jews in the world. Vayas, Cain. Everything is Cain. You need a place for Shabbos, Cain. You need someone to put their arm around you, Cain. Everything's very asking. I never saw such a thing. There's nothing to judge and who are you and where are you and where you're holding and very asking. The Rebbe taught thousands of people like that. Just very asking. Give food and a place to stay and, and, a, and a niggin and a, and a lachayim and a, without, without any no, without any low. <clears throat> and everybody's trying to find out how do we become cure professionals. Where did the Lubavitch Rebbe take a, a seminar in Kiev? Because his heart was the heart of the other mouth, was exploding with love of Jews. He thought about every Jew on earth. He thought about every Jew on earth. And it was a Vayas Kane. So when he met somebody in 10 seconds, he lit the person, like, like Aaron in the, it lit the candles. That's how he lit up a Jew. Because when you met him, when you, when you met the Lubavitch Rebbe, you, you met Vayas Kane. He looked at you with such love. He looked at you with love, and, he, and you knew that he knew everything he did wrong also. And Afal Pichain, he told you with his eyes, he said, Vayas came. You could be good. 
and, and, and you are good and you could be even better and that, 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 that's how you encourage people that's the whole that's the Yisrael of Yiddishkeit he brings you in the second column of your hand in two minutes he brings you on the Chavgim on the left hand side there's a Maise well let's read the last column there we'll, we'll finish up he says he says there's no end different levels Different levels of, of connection between a parent and a child, a rabbi and a student. For us, to try to strengthen the kasher. There are a number of ways to get that, to, to, to accomplish it. That's why when you spend a little bit of time alone with the kid, you take the kid for a ride, you do something small like that, you leave a little note in the lunch. The kid feels his kashas. Like his kashas is a poem. And then the kid wants to make his parents happy. When you, when the kid feels that he's special and you love him, then he wants to make you feel, he doesn't want you to be disappointed, even if you're not watching him. He thinks, will my father be happy with me? Will my mother be happy with what I'm doing? The kid has a little bit, has a yetzar to do something wrong, and his parents are not there. And the Rebbe's not there. And nobody sees. What does this kid think? If my father would see me doing this, he would feel bad. If my Rebbe would see me doing this, he'd be disappointed, right? He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be happy with what I'm doing. How could I do that? He loves me so much, how could I hurt him? And he's not going to see. How can I do something that his neshama will feel and be hurt and that he would be disappointed? I can't disappoint him. Then you write your losses there. How can I do anything that if my father would know about or my mother would cause them agmas nefesh? But if you're causing your kid, God forbid, agmas nefesh, and the kid has no problems causing you agmas nefesh. That's, you know, that's, that my parents are like this, I'm like that. My father loves me so much. There was one of the tzaddikim whose way was to use tremendous love. That's how he brought Jews back. He met once Yehudi He met a Jew that was very, very far from Yiddishkeit. He was a person that wasn't keeping Shabbos. He was smoking a cigarette, a cigar on Shabbos. This guy. And the person who was smoking the cigarette saw the tzaddik from a distance. They heard Yeshim Yanichas a cigaria, and he felt that if he that if he keeps the cigarette lit and tries to hide it, he was coming. The tzaddik was approaching him. That who yagish the tzaddik will know that he was smoking. and the tzaddik will feel dead. Also, bola as a cigaria boer, he swallowed the cigarette while it was lit. Mamish from which was dangerous. Why? Because that tzaddik showed every Jew so much love that he didn't want the tzaddik to feel bad that, that he was smoking. He'll smoke, but at some time he'll stop smoking <coughs> on Shabbos. That's how, that's how he was so worried that the Rebbe shouldn't feel bad. Not that the Rebbe would be angry at him, but the Rebbe would feel bad that this whole Shabbos. How can I do this to the Rebbe? How can I cause the Rebbe to feel bad? Is that the fun of Mamish? 
right in front of him. The Chazal Kedoshim Gilulon is Shagam Shlob in front of him. And the Chazal taught us that even if your parents are not there. Right? Like with Yaakov Inu in the vision, discussions, Dabkaz Ruch Ruch, the last page. And then he ends, really, over here he just repeats, so we don't have to go through it again. He's just chazering and strengthening us. That we're living these last few, these last few moments before Mashiach comes, like Simei says. And there's so much sorrow in the world. It's nice to sell, especially. And there's so many dangerous things and scary things that are going on. That we need unbelievable, unbelievable shmirah. We need so much that our children should be watched. And they need so much that, that, that they need to be protected. And all the tzaddikim spoke about how, especially before Mashiach comes, the only way that the children will come out the right way is if they feel that Hashem loves them and cares about them. And so it is from all the tzaddikim. And finally, let's just read the last paragraph together. There's a Hayat Tviya Alamaragum was last week's parasha with the spies. When the spies came back and they gave that bad report, and all the Jews were crying, it was Tishuba. And they said, What? That what? The God hates us, that's why he took us out of Egypt. And when you think that God hates you, when you think that your parents hate you, then, then you lose your whole cheshit to be a Jew and to live. So before Mashiach comes, in Mishazkim Kaseda Bepeu Belev, we strengthen ourselves with, what we, with our speech and with our hearts. Ahavis Oilam Ahavtanu. And we remember how much the Bansham loves his children, that's us, the adults and the kids, how much Hashem loves us. Ahavis Rabba Ahavtanu. With a great and infinite love, he loves each and every one of us. Which I spoke of many times, that that bracha before Kriyashma, the Havas Eilam of Aharaba, the Boshantav said that if you say that with a lot of feeling and you say it long, so maybe it's a ghoul that brings Mashiach closer. Because that, that whole chapter, is, that whole paragraph is about how Hashem loves us so deeply. And that's, that gives a child the feeling to say Shema when he feels that Hashem loves him and we feel that Hashem loves us. As much as we review this and sing and we dance, the bracha before Shema is Hashem, you chose your people Yisrael with love. They say you mean it to have Kaini, to feel Hashem is hugging us. And every little mitzvah that we do, and every little bit of davening, any kind thing that we do that Hashem Mamish loves so much, say, maybe Gula, this brings redemption. Maybe Gula, of Nevin Elaman Shemo, be Ahava, with love. That's how you bring Gula, be Ahava, with love. Akshari, as man, Lahavi, Sagula, the time has come to bring redemption. Anachim of Akshim Kulanu Yachat. So he, said, he ends with a little bit of a davening of Simeya. Try to imagine how it was like when he was doing this together. My son-in-law was just telling me what this past Shabbos was like by Simeya. The screaming, the crying was unbelievable. This past, my, my son-in-law in Yishlam goes every single Shalashud, it seems for hours. He goes to, to Simeya. This is when he says tires. So he says here at the end, and he says, let's all of us ask together, as have finished my Father in Heaven, Tata, Father, Tazalonu, Help us. That together we should be Zaycha. Chokla Yisrael, the entire Jewish people. That we should be able to have a good influence with our children to be our students. All that you want us to be Mashpia on them. 
Hashem help us feel great love towards our children and towards our students. Hashem help us to watch our children, to guard them and to protect them. And by us doing that, that we should awaken your love for us and your watching us and protecting us. As Hakivavas Shamram, that you guard us like like like, like the most precious thing in, in, in the world. Shakol Yiladenu you Kedoshim, please Hashem help us. That all of our children should be watched, should be holy, Nikiim, they should be clean, with Tahirim and pure. Umuchan the Kabul Pnei Mashiach to Kane that our children should be prepared to be able to face Mashiach, to greet Mashiach. Benizgila Shmir Hal Yaina, Shanukla Khinisamaata Achman, help us Hashem that we should be able to prepare the little, little last bit that you want us to do before Mashiach. We don't know. There's a little bit more that we need to do before Mashiach comes. Help us to do that little bit more. Like it says in the Torah, that tomorrow, tomorrow there will be a yantiv. May it be mamish tomorrow, he says. Today my, my son-in-law told me that this Shabbos, he was talking about giving each Jew the benefit of the doubt. We spoke about last year. We spoke about last year. You know, you know what Simei started to do? Listen to this. I, have to, I, I, can't, do, I can't describe because he said that Simei was jumping five feet into the air. He said that, he said, this is what you should think about. He was saying they're all men, right? Only men there. And you put on the till on the arm. There are seven, right? Seven straps. Seven times. The heavy, done, as kol, as kol, ha'odn, l'kaf, schus. Kaf means the hand, right? He says, heavy, done, each strap. You should, and he said he started to scream ten times and yell, and he was going like the film heavy done. So my son said the rest of his life he'd never be able to forget that we was on film. That the main thing that Hashem wants is that we should be good to other Jews. When you put on film, I mean, you're not putting on film. Heavy done as every. every I can't, I, it's the thing he told this to me. He told it to me uh, yesterday. I can't stop thinking about this. Heavy done as called to be good to other Jews, to love other Jews. And give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And then Hashem's Baruch will take care of us and watch us. And all of our children, that Hashem should go in the right way. And Hashem should give us the seichel, the seichel to, to, to watch the children and to, to take care of them. Like a secretary, like a, like a pair of children. That Hashem should watch all Yiddish Kinder, all Jewish children. And it should be Zerichim Hashem. That with all of our children and grandchildren, and those who don't have children should be zeichet to have children. That we should be, that we should make Hashem be able to to, to face Mashiach to Canaan and to say to Mashiach, we, we did the best we could. And this is the best we could do. We did the best we could do. That's all that He asks of us is the best we could do. And we should, it should be Mitzvah It should be soon the Gula Shem Amen.